Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. And this is our marvelous review of Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, do whatever a spider can. Cool. Spoilers. Well, the time this goes out on podcasts and YouTube will probably be right around the same time as the new Spider-Man Far From Home comes out. You mean Doctor uh, Strange? No Way Home. No. No Way Home. Yes, thank you. <laughs> There's a lot of homes. Exactly. So I thought it would be kind of cool that we revisit Spider-Man Homecoming featuring you know Tom Holland, Michael Keaton, enough said. Uh, this movie originally came out 2017, directed by John Watts. What happened? Mm. No, I was just laughing about it. Like, enough said. You, like, that's all you need, just those two. Do you need anything more? So no, we've, we're good. We got this version of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, in Captain America's Civil War. That's when we first saw him. Played wonderfully by Tom Holland. He captured the young Peter Parker. Us comic book fans know. Wasn't played by a, a 28-year-old adult. I think it was a good time just to see how this film holds up. Since this, we first saw this film about what, four years ago. I have the Blu-ray. You do not. So you saw it streaming on Amazon? Uh, yes, I did. I noticed it too, because I went to Disney Plus. I couldn't find it to recap. So I thought, well, Spider-Man's on the Avengers films. He's on Civil War. He's in Endgame. I thought, well, okay, fine. He's, he's part of the MCU. So he'll be in Disney Plus. Not there. You confirmed that too. No, I yeah, I went through several different sites because at one point it was like on Netflix, another point it was like on and I could swear that it was on Disney Plus at one point, by the way. I theorize this because of uh the No Way Home uh movie coming out that they is part of the hustle. They they remove it from the networks. Now you gotta buy it so you can catch up to it because it's been a solid two years since uh Far From Home, much less, you know, like you said, four years for No Way Home. So people are going to be refreshing themselves, especially uh, for the older Spider-Man films because of the rumors that have to do with it. But we were able to watch it nonetheless. Now, since it's not far from home, is what is it? <laughs> no way home. I mean, no way home. Because there's like so many, again, yeah, homecoming. I mean, obviously there's a theme. Well, homecoming is because during the time of this film, the period is he's going to a homecoming. And then far from home, he's overseas. And this one, what's that called again? No way home. I'm, I'm, look, I'm getting confused. But anyway, let's get back to what we did watch. After watching it again this time, there's some things, of course, there are some plot holes. Of course, there's some liberties of taking the mythos or rearranging the mythos of Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. One off the bat, his aunt is relatively young. No gray hairs, no cracking knees, smoking body, a MILF, if you will. Yeah, no, no one argued that. This takes place right after Civil War. Technically, the very beginning part where they introduce Vulture is... Oh, yes! Right after. Avengers, right. You're and, right, exactly. And that was our intro to the movie, which I actually liked that, that they did that intro. Then took from us there, back. Exactly. It took us back and then moved forward, right. And it gave us a connection to the villain well early on after that point then it uh, like my brother said it goes right into the uh the time frame after civil war and how he's coping with it and how he's dealing with like trying to get tony stark's attention and everything 
or adjusting turning you know, he's saying he's a he calls himself an avenger mm-hmm. or he thinks that he is an avenger and he wants to get involved again because he got like for a better term he got bit no with the action intended. quick note though i think there's a fan theory that vulture is part of the falcon program you mean as, he, as a pilot you know with the wings be able to fly and able to maneuver as well as he did and be able to use the wings like the falcon does there's only two ways i can think that works one is if the guy who because those were invented by his tink, the tinkerer guy that is true but maybe he had like schematics from before that he was there he doesn't have the he doesn't have the wings but he has maybe he has somehow got the blueprints yeah well no that's what i'm, I'm just saying because the tech guy was making all the machines it, it would make sense if he was like one of the ones that helped invent the falcon stuff and then he lost his position which can kind of go into like what happened with, uh, with far from uh oh. far from home but i'm not going to go into that yet even though vulture is the main villain we have several villain cameos yes we have shocker mm-hmm. we have scorpion mm-hmm. we have miles morales's uncle who played prowler right even though we didn't see him as prowler we saw him as his alter ego. Pretty much same thing with the Shocker. He did have the original. There was two Shockers. The original had the yellow sleeves with the stitching out, which resembled the original um, animated comic book version. You have Scorpion. Only way we know that he was there is because he had a tattoo on his neck of a scorpion. Yeah. But he was never in costume. Any other... There was, it is escaping me right now. And they, it's like I said before, they, they had liberty in retelling this story of Peter Parker and his mythos. You have Flash Thompson, who in the comics was a dumb jock, if you will, who idolized Spider-Man, but also was a bully to Peter Parker, who was not on the debate team. He was never an honor roll. Oh, he played football. He played basketball. He did all the, like I said, he did all the sports stuff. He was the dumb jock while Peter was the the intelligent one. We're here though. They're all on the same debate team, excuse me, and still being a jerk to Peter, but he's not the exact physical bully. Plus he's played by an Indian instead of a white boy, which is fine. It's all good. They're making it more diverse. We see that Peter has a little flavor for the dark meat. Yeah, see that? That was kind of funny because the girl that we met, the love interest that we met, we thought would be either Gwen Stacy or MJ. It was neither. It was another girl who was also on the debate team. I mean, when thinking back to it, like everybody knows Gwen and MJ, but in the comics, Peter Parker got around. He got he he got a lot of dates. Not normally before Spider being Spider Man, but after Spider Man, there was a lot of story arcs where he actually met other like. The animated cartoon, the, the OG 67, there was a, a love interest there. He had another love interest, like several love interests in, uh, through the, uh, his story arcs in the comics. It's just that Gwen and MJ were the ones that made the impressions. The two fixtures exactly. of Peter Parker. That being said, MJ is not your typical MJ. It's Mary Jane Watson. Here is Michelle. Yeah. But we don't know what the J stands for. Is it Michelle Josephine? Or we just know that her first name was Michelle. We feel that we see that at the end that we realize that it is MJ, who's also of mixed race, of darker skin. Mm-hmm. We also have the intro when we see in the beginning where we meet the vulture, Michael Keaton's character, another comic book group or company, Damage Control. 
Yes. Every time I see this movie and I see that, I get a little tickled inside because I used to love that series. It came out as a limited series, like a four issue series that came out a couple of times. But I thought that was cool because I always wondered who takes care of all the damage that happens from big battles. Originally, it was led by a male. And here you have the same actors from Cagney and Lacey. Awesome. That's a nice deep cut right there. I thought when you were talking about the beginning, I thought you were going to talk about the... Um the video vlog of him yeah when he was uh, video vlogging and, uh, and we were seeing the video vlog of his experience in civil war i thought mm -hmm. that was a great way to retell like refresh everybody the way he's doing it is is if uh, like a celebrity or a big youtuber mm -hmm. you know behind the scenes but i'm like but he can't do that for real because his identity we will be exposed true but it's like a personal so obviously vlog. right i understand that but it was, that's very ballsy True. The phone can go into someone else's hands by accident. His phone could be hacked. That's the only thing I was, was like, ooh, okay, that's a little. But he's also a, that's, a, that's a chance. He's a young teenager in the social media age. And I totally understand. It's like, you know, he's keeping it for himself. But the way he presented it, it seemed like he was talking to an audience. And granted, it was, it was more for us, the viewers, to have that recap. Mm -hmm. So I totally understand that. Action-wise, so this movie was... What was this movie? Uh, a little bit over two hours. Since the movie was about two hours, including the end credit scenes, which was, I believe, was two end credit scenes. Was it two end credit scenes? Yes. Only action was about maybe 27 minutes of all the action done. And mm -hmm. granted, action scenes were done very well, especially the one with the, the fairy and then the final. Mm -hmm. That was intense, especially when Falcon is really going after him. Vulture. Like I said, the Falcon? Yeah. Le, oops. I mean, would it be easier to go into the negatives for you? It no, seems no. Like you have a lot of positives. No, I do have a lot of positives because it, it was done very good. I, I can't really... I mean, the, the negatives, if anything, is that they're brought in new characters where they didn't have to. The new characters meaning the love mm -hmm. interest. Of course, there's plenty of Easter eggs. One of the Easter eggs, though, I do like is from the first Hawk film. Jennifer Connelly is the voice for Karen. As the spider suit. Oh. And she was also Betty Ross in Angley's Hawk. Yeah. So I kind of, yeah, I, I, I like that. I thought that was kind of cool. The little fan service, if you will. The suit upgrade for him, the Spider-Man suit upgrade, it kind of felt like a, a video game. Yeah. When you get, when you get a certain amount of points or tokens and you upgrade your suit you go to a place and there it is for you and waiting for you. Well, I, I did like that. I kind of felt that way about the uh, the baby monitor program or the training wheels program that uh, Tony Stark put onto the suit. Right. Like he was supposed yes. to meet objectives and goals in order to unlock all the features. And he's like, I'm just going to cheat code this. That's what I meant. The suit upgrade, right? Yes. And that was pretty cool. And, and it says like how he's figuring it out. And he's like, no, no, don't kill, don't kill. She's you know, she's eat, um, egging on for lethal, lethal attacks. Yeah. And he's like, no, no. He's, I don't think there's really any negativities uh, or negatives in this, this film. I mean, I got one. It's a one that I actually love and hate at the same time. Okay. The Tony Stark and his relationship. I, I loved it because it's a great dynamic. They had a great relationship mm -hmm. between the two. But early on, they kind of make it seem like he's so dependent on trying to get Tony Stark's attention and affection for lack of a better term and through this movie and it, it like it shows it overshadows like 
the pressure he puts on himself as a character that we've known and grown with that he puts on himself from the loss that he's had with his uncle Ben because they they do address that in Civil War that he had his uncle who passed away but they mm -hmm. I guess for rights they don't go through that with great power comes great right not. I also like that it was not another origin story here oh god yes that's thank that, god that's what i'm saying just I, I love and it. hate it at the same time they just went through it real quick when his best friend re finds out that he's spider-man while they're talking going throughout their day and he's was it his name is ned ned yeah ned, uh, he's the chair guy talking yeah he's asking his questions and he's just answering them like you know matter of factly and and okay move on i like that is it's ref it was refreshing because we seen the origin story in the comics in the cartoons it was like beating a dead horse why because we know it it's not like those batman films true regardless how many batman films are there's always a return a flashback mm -hmm. even a non-batman film the joker they showed death of his family his parents and i and you know what it's funny like i was at work the other day and i was talking to somebody and i like statistically speaking if you had to ask someone like the four symbols that people will recognize across the world course there you know the crucifix a lot of people recognize that mm -hmm. but the s from superman the bat symbol and the spider uh, man symbol doesn't matter where you're at across the world more likely they'll recognize what those are and you know what so does the origin stories they come with them everybody knows their origins right. you're right i kind of love the fact that they didn't go into the past and hammer and like do a flashback just like talking about maybe a scene, I would have accepted, but a flashback, I would have been like, not again. Exactly. It was just, they touched on it perfectly and moved on. That was it. That wasn't even in All this movie. That. It was in another movie. No, what I'm talking about, like the spider bite. That's how he got his powers. Yeah, but they didn't even talk about right. that in this movie. Yeah, they did. And this oh, one they did. Oh, uh, where he was talking to Ned. My bad. I'm thinking right, like yeah. a Tony Stark. Now, sometimes Easter eggs are done on purpose of course and then there's sometimes he's like we see it when it's not there our imagination takes us there mm -hmm. for example on the ferry when he's trying to save the ferry from sinking in and he's throwing showing the webs to me it felt like a nod to toby Maguire's scene in, in spider-man 2 where he's trying to stop the subway train oh, from yeah. going off the rails could be a nod to it not i don't know it wasn't in the director's uh, mind who was i think i said before john watts directed it he directed um one two and i believe three as well also it felt like a nod to iron man three where him and peter are having an argument peter said i'm nothing without this suit mm. and it felt like that's the same thing in iron man three where it went back to focusing on the man rather than the machine and how that was actually a complication for him because he was actually dependent on the suit and he, correct and he, he needed it for everything correct and this is how peter was too he felt dependent on that suit for a while and then in iron man 3 tony found his strength within and then we see later on that peter parker found his strength within because the same words were in his head going back to him when he was in the rubble and he broke himself free and that technically i think was an easter egg moment too 
with the rubber was uh, rubble was on top of them. Look at Spider-Man 2. There was that one scene. And I think there was also another moment in the comics where it was similar to that, where there was rubble on top of them and he had to push it off of them. Well, yeah. And it was like, you know, strength of a spider. Spiders are super strong in comparison to their, their body weight and to what they can do. And so we saw that. Exactly. In the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, even they touched base that he was smart, but he was more of the photographer, like the, for the school newspaper. Is that right? No, he got yeah. a job early on with the Daily Bugle. But I know, but he was taking pictures also on the school trips and things of that nature. Oh, he's like the AV uh, nerd. Yeah. You have an amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. We saw more of the scientist mm -hmm. version of Peter Parker. Here we have a little both and the geekiness. Like it comes with being young, you know, doing with the Lego Star Wars, Death Star, Legos they wanted, they were going to meet to put together. He was smart. He was on the debating team. He was able to make concoctions of the spider web. The Tobies came out of his wrist and Andrew Garfield, I think, bought it online. He saw something like he saw like a YouTube thing of a the kind of webbing that was able to pull a, tr a tank it's like that. If, I can, if I'm not mistaken, I thought he made it. I have to rewatch that one. He may have made it or maybe he saw the schematics, how to make it. And he made it his own. But we see here that Peter Parker is making his own stuff. He's doing, he's practicing and making his own spider concoctions. Michael Keaton is awesome. He may have done some bad films, but he has never done a bad job. Oh no, he Regardless does of the, stellar performances. Whatever the movie he's doing, it could, be, it could be great, it could be bad, whatever. But what he does in that film is awesome. And it shows here. He, he actually, the scenes that he's in, he steals the show, quite literally. Oh. Favorite Michael Keaton mode in the film, homecoming in the car. Oh my God, yes. That intense. Was intense moment. And it was a great build up to that moment because you see Peter figures out who he is and they, he's nervous enough that this is uh, the father of the girl. But then it turns out he's like also the guy who's tried to kill him on multiple t occasions. Well, he knew it right away. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's so, a combo. As soon as he saw him, but when the father finds out. Oh, yeah. And then at the end, like he gives him the whole speech. Here. He's like, you saved my daughter's life. So I owe you. And, you know, like, I'll never forget that. And I'm grateful for that. And then he, he gives him this whole spiel. He's like, but if you mess with my job, I'll kill you. I'll kill your family. I'll kill everything that you have. And mm -hmm. he goes, I saved your life. What do you say? I'm like, right. Yeah. Damn. yeah he's, he's, that was a power like, move too. That was, it was a power move. And you know, what's totally funny to me move. in the back of my mind, I'm like, Spider-Man could literally just you know, take him out right there. It doesn't matter if he had a gun, he's faster than he is. He could, eat, mm -hmm. he could practically kill the guy right there. The moment he threatened his family, but no, he was so intimidated and shook. The only thing he could do was like, just muster up the strength to drop a phone in the car so he can use it as a trace. That was fantastic to me. Yeah, that scene was way intense. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a great superhero, but then he's a scary villain. Oh, yeah. He's not a villain like I'm out to destroy the world or anything. He's like a guy who's like, I'm just trying to make my place in this world so I can do right by my family. And because other people who see themselves better financially and whatever, they take advantage of us little guys. He makes that argument in the movie uh, to uh, Peter Parker, as well as, you know, there's other points where he kind of hints at that. He's not taking a life of crime because he wants it. He sees it as just a necessity, and that's all it is. He, he humanized the character a lot because they easily could have get, uh, given that to someone else who would token uh, took those lines, and it still mm. wouldn't be as relatable as he delivered them. In the superhero comic book world that he's been involved in, mm -hmm. this is the third winged character he's played. 
Batman, Birdman. Not the traditional uh, Birdman from Hanna no, Barbera. not traditional Birdman, but there's a Birdman that he does where it's, similar to how people saw him as Batman and not his stardom, but. Well, for this character, he probably that's where he got his start and he was known for as Birdman. And then we have here as the Vulture. He's only done two or th- yeah, two comic book, not two comic book movies, but two movies related in the comic book world, Batman and the Vulture. And the Birdman is a fictional character altogether not related to comic books. Correct. So I, f- I find that kind of funny and that maybe he took this role or accepted it because he found humor in it in itself. Maybe. You know, and then he's coming back again as Batman, as we know, in The Flash. He's also coming back as the Vulture in Morbius. Is that Well, he's coming back concrete? as his, uh, No, in that trailer scene, he's like, Morbius, good to see you again. And it's himself. But I don't know if he's going to show as the Vulture Vulture, but he's going to show as his character. Right. He's, he's still wearing the white. In May. Uh, but it's not confirmed yet. So, but we'll find out because, again, everything's coming related, like Venom. The multi, you know, we saw the multiverse there happening. So this could happen there. They might, you know, probably doing reshoots to make it more concrete related to the multiverse situation. We'll find out. We'll see. Because there's Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man in the background during the trailers. Yeah. And then we have Michael Keaton showing up. I'm looking forward to that. But let's get back on topic uh, <laughs> to this film. I wrote something here. The recognition that they know each other is awesome. And then tribute to Rami's Spider-Man. Is that, uh, we're talking about the same car scene? Oh, yes. Yes. When in the regular Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, there's a relation or recognition during Thanksgiving dinner with oh my Green God, Goblin and yes. Spider-Man. I totally forgot about that. In that car scene kind of honors that too when they recognize who is who. Yeah, because it was like a Thanksgiving date kind of situation and they show up and like Green right. Goblin yeah. hints, oh my God, yes. What's kind of funny too, where the people point out that Peter Parker is dressed in green, like has the green top and Norman Osborn is like in blue and red. So he's wearing the Spider-Man colors and, and Peter's wearing the goblin colors. I don't, I mean, I don't really. You're trying to find something bad that you did. <laughs> I mean, they're there. They're there, but it's so minute i would dare say we're like at this point we're going to be nitpicking and you know what's funny is i remember there were people that were really ripping on this film because it wasn't toby Maguire. and like that's not a fair comparison though you're comparing nostalgia and like something that had three films over to a one-off film i think this was like like a love child between toby and andrew and this is what spit out tom holland Watching it again and trying to pay attention even more, you saw MJ kind of being a stalker. A little bit. Uh, a stalker, because like wherever Peter was. where he is. Yeah. Wherever he, yeah, exactly. In detention. She doesn't even have even detention. Mm-hmm. And she's there. Always there when Spider-Man shows up. She was kind of like the person who's wants to be cool, but not cool. Like she that person at the parties. Uh, that goes, uh, they wake up in the morning, spends like an hour doing their hair to make it look like they didn't do their hair. That kind of situation. Right. So it, like exactly. she tries harder to make it seem like she doesn't care, and uh, it puts up a front. Because in the comics, Mary Jane they didn't really do it in the films, which I was like, Ugh, I wish they did. Mary Jane in the comics was a smartass, a independent woman. He dressed pretty provocatively. She stirred the pot, and this version did that in a way, but more of a, I want to say gothic way, but more of a- uh, Cynical? Uh, yeah. I mean, I like how they did it. I, I did like how 
this Mary Jane was portrayed. She was smart and she was pretty much everything that all the other kids that were doing in a sense of that group, she was part of. Yeah, it was, I, I do like how she was portrayed. And yeah, but she wasn't really, she didn't really care about her looks, but like in the comics, Mary Jane kind of did. She wore the tight well, it depends. Tank tops. Uh, like it depended on her stage in life because there were times where she like she didn't care about her looks and she dressed to how she felt. Granted, she was like a part-time model, so Oops. she just looked good right. and she knew how to dress. Right. Where I think in the Sam Raimi version, they kind of missed the mark because she wasn't really so independent. She wasn't so like tough. She was trying to escape her her house in the background and right. like. Yeah, I agree with that. The Sam Raimi and, did and, have a flaw with her. And as they progressed to movie three, she was even weaker. She was the always she became the damsel in distress. Where Mary Jane was like the lowest lane. This is true. Was, she didn't need anyone to save her. She would do it herself. She didn't love the hero. She loved the man behind the mask. Or like Flash Thompson loved the hero. Correct. Didn't care, you know, didn't want to know who was behind the mask. He just, you know, he cared about the persona. Yeah, and there was two end credits. You have the one with Aunt May. Oh, it's right. Yeah, because he comes home and he sees the sees the bag. He tries it on and then he takes off the mask and then Aunt May is behind him and she goes, what the... F-? And it cuts off. And that was hysterical. Oh, the Captain America one? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it kind of reminded me of like Ferris Bueller and Deadpool. The end of the film is like, it's done. It's over. Go home. Pretty much. And he was doing the same thing. It's like, do you ever feel like you wait for a while and just end up... I'm paraphrasing, of course... And they'll be disappointed. Yeah. And I, that's right. He's like, how many more and, of these do I have to do? Yeah, exactly. And then they cut it off. There was, a, I may have got my stuff mixed up, but there was an end credit with uh, the, uh, the Vulture and Scorpion. And he's like, mm-hmm. I heard a rumor that you know who he is. And he goes, if and, I did, he already be dead. He protected uh, me. Okay, so real quick. Do you think the Vulture will be in uh, uh, Another one. No way home. No way home. Um, I, if they do, I think it's only a cameo. I don't think they're going to use him as a full-on appearance. Because isn't he part of the Sinister Six? Well, the Sinister Six has like changed their roster multiple times. So like he's been a member of the Sinister Six. So has Scorpion. People have thought about, well, like, why don't you just bring in some new blood like Craven and so forth like that. So there's potential. I've been trying my damnness not to see any other previews yeah i, I told you to drive over I, those. I, I mean I'm, i saw one and that was the first one where they brought it out the first the first initial trailer and i was like no more i'm done oh, you haven't seen the second one no i'm I've, not, I've I'm not gonna away. say a thing well cause... don't because i've been trying to I, like i said i've been avoiding as much as i can and when i see it on tv i turn my head or change the channel he's literally just going la 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 yeah i i, I, I mean and <laughs> granted of course social media Post picture of I know the shockers in there. I know Green Goblin was in there. Shockers? No, I'm sorry. Um, Electro. Mm-hmm. I know he's in there. Of course, Doc Ock is in it because they show like it's because it's in the posters too. Green Goblin's in the poster shot. I'm not gonna mention who else there. because I don't know who else you know. But there, there, no. social media has dumped in. I mean, you you see it in the Sandman. Oh, so you did see that one. Mm-hmm. And then they're showing like there's two other heroes with him it could be miles morales 
and maybe another Spider-Man, something like that. But I'm just trying not to see because again, I, I just want to be surprised. I want, I want to be in my seat and, and jump up, and I want I want to say, "Oh shit!" I want to say, "Yes!" I want to clap. If I know it's coming, I'd be like, "Oh, there it is." Okay, yeah. Good. It's like that Thor uh, hammer with Captain America. Uh, you like, yes, that moment. Or, you you want to you if you knew that was coming, it wouldn't right. hit the same. I want to be shocked. I want to be caught off. I want to be surprised. I know I only watch trailers enough to get me hooked. The thing is, we knew that this was going to happen, especially after Into the Spider Verse came out. We knew that was like a the next step forward because how successful and how well it was done that yeah. it can be done. That's it. But yeah, uh, real quick. So we have that the two end credits, but there was also a talk of Cap's new shield. Oh yes, that's because yes. it got destroyed in. Uh... It didn't get destroyed. It got taken. No, but the thing is, remember, he was talking about it was happy. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, what show was that? It was that the one where it lights up. You know, it was like a kind of hologram, not a hologram, but it came out like a hologram in in the wrist to replace the shield. I watched that because it was quick. He he was on the outs with Captain America at that time. He was a, uh, a felon at that time. He was. They may be on the outs, but still, he has stuff. You know, always tinkering. That's true. And don't forget, there's a different Captain America and the end of Endgame has a different shield yeah. that, he get, that, that he gives the Falcon. Ooh. So that could be that could be related. Is this movie worth to own or watched multiple times or is it one and done? Oh, I would say it's worth to own. I just don't own it. It is yet. worth it. <laughs> well, I own it, especially it's not on Disney Plus and you have to rent it anyway to see it on Amazon, I say, yes, buy it. Mm-hmm. Get the digital code. You can put it on movies anywhere. It, and then if you have multiple accounts, it goes on to YouTube. It goes on to Voodoo, Apple TV. Yes. I have multiple streaming services. I have multiple options to see this film. And depending on your, who you have, you can get in 4K. Even if you didn't buy the 4K, Apple TV will put it in 4K for you. So, okay, that's it. That's the 2017 Spider-Man Homecoming. If you agree or disagree for what we talked about, or if you have something that we forgot to mention, please comment below. Make sure you subscribe and hit that like button, guys. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. We forget anything else? Uh, we can catch you well, on the next video. <laughs> Love you, bro. Love you.